Today's episode is brought to you by High Heels and Politics with Marianne Christie. Join Marianne as she interviews political leaders of Southwest Ohio and beyond. Download the show wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Pam, I have a question for you. What do you got, Ryan? So you think I'm a nice enough guy, don't you? I do. Would you still think I'm a nice enough guy, or would you still like me if I had been on the Loveland City School Board and tried to pass that ridiculous levy that just failed? (laughs) Well, Ryan, I would still like you, but I sure the heck would not vote for you. This is The Voice of Loveland, the podcast for IonLoveland.com. I'm your host, the Loveland Tadler, R.D. Kulik, and with me is the nicest person I know here on the other side of the little Miami River, and that's the other host here, Pam. How are you today, Pam? I'm good. Welcome, everyone. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Yes, happy holidays. I'll say it at the top here. I'll say it at the end. This is our last one of the year. We're going to have another non-politics-related, just kind of fun podcast that we're also going to put out right before Christmas, but this is our last uh, meat and potatoes, let's say, of the, <laughs> of the season, and it's great timing. Because these come out on Thursday, there was a school board meeting on the Tuesday, we do, there was a special meeting, and then we record on Wednesday, so we have something to talk about, and it's a school levy. Again. (laughs) (laughs) Which is nice, and we appreciate all you guys that come in and listen to hear our opinions on this stuff, and this is going to be a pretty pretty strong one, because this is 6.95. Is what the new thing is. I, I've said it so many times. I can't even remember what the old one was. Six point seven. Sixteen point seven three. Yeah, Six. eight five something like that. <laughs> Seventeen. Let's say. And this is the largest millage ask in the state of Ohio. <laughs> yeah, it, that is correct. And I am hearing from a lot of my friends that it is the largest defeat for a levy ever in the state of Ohio. And rightfully so. So six weeks later, the school board sees that defeat. We saw board chair. Jarvis, longtime serving member Kathleen Lorenz, Superintendent Krause, we saw them all be, they they had a lot of, they're very, very sad. They were very sad that the community was torn apart. They brought in a facilitator. Everybody hugged. Everything's great. Then Mr. Jarvis, Miss Lorenz, and Dr. Krause, well, Dr. Lorenz, Dr. Krause, they all resigned and were moving forward on a new day. None of that happened. Um. <laughs> I was going to say, Brian, I think you got your holidays mixed up. That was definitely not, a, it's not April Fool's Day. No, they did bring in some kind of facilitator to hug it out. And they did have a whole bunch of, they had this ad hoc committee. And in six weeks, they decided that near 17 mils that was necessary that we needed. Well, you know what? We really only need 6.95. And they were going to put it on the March ballot. So I'm going to go back to a podcast we did a while ago. Why are they lying to us? Pam? I'm going to say something controversial here. Because we let them. (laughs) That's right. We let them. I voted for the levy. I'm going to tell you guys, and yes, when you guys see me on the street and you want to buy me a drink and yell at me about it, go ahead. Me and like nine other people voted for the levy, and (laughs) I I am one of them. I'm going to tell you why I did it. Okay, I I didn't grow up. Not only did I not grow up in Loveland, I didn't grow up in Ohio. I grew up in a different state, and to me, it's just, okay, you just pass school levies. It's just something that's programmed in your head. And now, granted, I've never looked at a levy this big. And obviously, I had questions, and you and I discussed them a lot on this show. But I did. I voted for it, not because my kid was in school. My kid's going to be fine whatever school he goes to. If I have to send him to private school, I'll send him to private school. But I just felt like, okay, yeah, need to pass this levy. The school board said, and the superintendent said, it was necessary. We would suffer, which means our property values would suffer if we didn't pass it. So I voted for it. And then the school board lied to me. 
And then the superintendent lied to me. Well, if you also recall, in our one podcast, too, we talked about the fact that the meeting that they had, what, about a week before, uh, maybe a week or two before the actual levy vote? Remember, Dr. Krauss actually told the audience that if the levy did not pass, that they would be back in March and the levy would be larger. So they lied. Yeah. You're going to lie to me? Which, again... Not only does it affect my kids' education, but I am a responsible adult. My wife is a way more responsible adult. We can do what's best for our kid. But you also lied to me about my property values. Lied to everyone in Loveland about it. And you played with it in order so so Mr. Jarvis and Ms. Lorenz could keep their seats on the school board. So everybody could keep their non-discussion, unanimous, whatever they want to do all the time. So they can look at us and blame us for the levy not passing. Yet, again, I voted for it. But you know what? None of those people reached out to me, Pam. They didn't reach out to you to be on their little ad hoc committee. They found people that, I mean, in my opinion, that they could basically control the narrative with. So they could pass this other levy, which is just an operating levy, because, yeah, we must pay our teachers and all this other stuff. But you know what? I'm not voting for it. I don't trust you. I think whatever you said, number one, I don't think the levy is large enough because you told me It was supposed to be this large to get everything we could to make our schools better. I moved here a little bit over six years ago. And since, Mr. Jarvis has been on the board. In all the years, Dr. Lorenz has been on the board. But even the three newer school board members, uh, Ms. Pettit, who isn't totally new, but very new, Ms. Washburn and uh, Mr. Portune, our schools are slipping. They're not as good as they were when I was here six years ago. And now after we do not pass this levy that you told me is necessary and you come back with something way smaller than what it is and say, well, that's okay. We'll make some cuts. But again, you don't tell us about any of the cuts. You're not telling me the truth. You're playing with all this stuff. I don't trust you. And as long as you guys are making these decisions, I will never support a levy that you put forward. You are exactly right, too, in terms of the coming back now with the smaller levy. But they haven't even addressed any of the issues that came up during the original conversation with the huge levy. You still have the issue of the fact that they said that there are, you know, these buildings are falling apart and they're basically hazards to our children. Okay, well, that hasn't changed from November to now. And this 6.95 levy that they now want to put on the ballot in March has no effect on any of that. They have not answered the question in terms of the fact that they, you know, have that contract for the Grailville properties. Haven't talked about that. I mean, Ryan, the reality is, is that so now they come back and they're saying that, that this is an operating levy. This isn't solving any problems. It's not having any kind of, you know, meaningful discussions with people in regards to why they why they didn't support the levy. None of that has changed is the point. I like the fact that what you said, too, is I don't trust these people. And that's what this is coming down to. And the reality is, is that we need to start now talking about accountability. Okay, the reality is, is that these people who hold these positions, Mr. Jarvis, Dr. Lorenz, uh, Miss Pettit, and, you know, Mr. Portune and uh, Miss Washbourne, the bottom line here is that you must be held accountable for the decisions that you are making. The thing is, these decisions have very long term ramifications on our housing values and the quality of our education. 
And both of those things are extremely important, not only to me, but to our community, to a strong community, not only financially, but a strong community, you know, from a, I don't even know what the right word would be, from a cohesiveness yeah, or yeah. whatever. I was you, say, from a community From a community-ness, <laughs> right? You're making up words again, but that's okay. But my point is, is that, is that this board does not have my trust. And when you do not have my trust, you will never have my vote. And we as citizens and we as voters must hold these people accountable for their decisions. And as long as they're there, then to me, this cannot move forward. They have made a mess out of our school district. Doesn't just impact people with families. And you can bring a facilitator all you want and hug it out. Yeah. Does not change that fact. Yeah. So accountability. This is where my frustration is starting to boil over. The meeting they had to unanimously put this levy on the ballot, 5-0, 15-minute meeting. Do you think there's a lot of discussion in that oh. meeting? Now, this is what they're going to tell you, Pam. Well, we've had meetings every Tuesday since the last levy failed, and we had this ad hoc committee, and everybody came, and people got to speak, and da-da-da. Here's the point. I know what the public thinks. I know what you think and I know what I think because we're sitting here and we're spending 20 to 30 minutes discussing it. I want Mr. Portoon to spend 15 minutes before he votes yes to explain why Mr. Portoon believes this is necessary. And I don't want him to write an editorial. I don't want him to go tell people in public. I want on the record before his vote to tell me why. I want Ms. Washburn to do the same. I want Ms. Pettit to do the same. I want Dr. Lorenz to do the same, and I want Mr. Jarvis to do the same. On the record, why you personally believe this. That's what you're supposed to do. That's accountability. When we talk about the garage, people are going to say, oh, it's just Pam and Ryan. They don't like so-and-so. They don't like this. No. We don't like the fact that this is a giveaway to private businesses that was decided in the dark. Because once again, guys, they bought this land with the intention of building the garage. You have no say. The public has zero say if that garage is being built. I want to hold them accountable for that. It's always, especially with the current council we have, and it seems a school board, it's always somebody else's fault. Why can't you take responsibility for these things? And in the end, taking responsibility isn't saying, oh, I'm sorry, and I misread the community. No, taking responsibility is realizing that you have failed this community, and you are in a leadership position. It is time for you to accept that failure and to move to the side and to let a real leader take over. That's what accountability is. Pam, people hold us accountable. You go look online and things like that. There's a lot of opinions about our show. (laughs) <laughs> what people think about what we say. And I, I mean, been called anywhere from a, a clown to an idiot to whatever it is. And hey, I, that just, guys, I, I love that stuff. I really do. I mean, I, I spend a lot of years in the theater, so throw tomatoes at me. I love it. <laughs> but, <laughs> but they go in there, but you know what nobody ever says? Pam and Ryan were wrong on this issue, and here's the proof. Right. I want you to hold us accountable. Exactly. If we say something that is not true, tell us. Because we're out there. We yeah, are. Don't call us names. Tell us specific. Talk about the facts. Talk about the substance of something. Whether you like someone or not, our opinions are our opinions. And, and again, you're right. But I want to go back to the school board for one moment here because you are exactly right. And this is the problem with right now in the school board and that vote that they took 
you know, last night, no discussion, 15 minutes, 5-0. It's the problem that we have with counsel that we have talked about numerous, numerous times. No discussion, six, six, well, it used to be 6-1, now it's 7-0 votes, 7-0 votes. We just went to a council meeting, it was 7-0 votes. Well, 6-0 votes, because yeah, someone, Mr. Mr. Weissgrupper was gone again. My point is, is that as elected representatives, it is your not only responsibility, it is your obligation as a representative, as my representative, you speak for me, you're supposed to be my voice, you're supposed to be the community's voice. It is your obligation to explain on the record, why you support and it, we'll use the school levy as this example. And I agree with what you said. Every one of those board members should have spent 10, 15 minutes explaining on the record why they supported this levy, this 6.95 levy, what it's going to accomplish and why it's important that it be passed. And again, they don't do it. And we must hold them accountable. But the reality is, is we also have to start holding ourselves accountable. And that is why we need to now look at them and say, you know what? I don't trust you. You haven't explained to me why you are making the decisions that you're making. And as a responsible voter, I'm going to hold you accountable. And and we're not going to do this anymore. I'm not going to vote for you. But here we are. We're at an impasse. Because what we have is we have a board right now that I do not trust. No confidence. No confidence whatsoever. And as far as I am concerned, as long as we still have a lot of the same players here, then it's a no-go. And that is accountability. Mm-hmm. Hey, it, I, I want to make this clear. We have not called anybody a name. No. We have not questioned there or let's let's be let's hey let's be completely honest here pam we haven't lied about things they've done we haven't alleged any criminal activity that they've done that's been done to us (laughs) yes it has (laughs) but um it's not about personality that's just plain and simply making stuff up right it's not about which i endured yes but this is not about the personalities involved I don't know these people. I mean, here's the the big, big, weird question about the Loveland City Council. I don't know these people. I don't have dinner with them. I don't want them to be godfather to my kid. I don't do any of this stuff. In not knowing them, I'm not going to not I'm not going to say anything about them personally. I am talking about I'm holding them accountable because they serve me. You know the whole public servant thing. I am a resident of Loveland. You are a resident of Loveland. We have skin in the game. We have homes. We have expertise. I, I believe it was Mr. Butler, Councilman Butler, when he was running, was talking about all these experts he met in the community. And you know, for a little bit of a teaser here, this whole accountability thing, we're going to talk about this when it comes to everything in Loveland. That's our 2020 plan here, including our committees. Yes. Which all those experts. And trust me, folks, we have tons of committees. Oh, God. You don't have any idea how many committees we have. But we don't have a whole lot of people. But we don't have a big population, yet we seem to have more committees than cities who have 150,000 people as a population. (laughs) Population. I know, that's another tough one. (laughs) No, but my point is we also have our committees loaded with people because of personality. 
because they like, they're friends with the council members, because they believe the same way, which means there's no independent thought in there. And these are the people that are determining how to spend your money. These are the people that are going to determine that. So all these different people that Mr. Butler spent, I ha- I've had to hear Councilman Kent Blair now twice. Once when he got the oath of office when he got appointed to the seat, and now when he got the oath of office when he he outright won his seat, both times talked about working with different ideas in the community. Mr. Blair knows who I am. He sees me at every council meeting, and he never approaches me, and never talks to me, and never asks my idea. My point is, they would rather, and their supporters would rather work on the personality. I'm just trying to make this clear. This isn't about personality, and this is the example I want to use on what we've done and how it is accountable. I'm going to hold them accountable. You can claim whatever you want of whatever my affiliations are, still going to hold you accountable. We had a situation just over a year ago. One of the city's departments had a whistleblower in it, talking about theft and destruction of equipment. Talking about that's, I mean, that's... It was very serious. Yes, that is hurting the taxpayer. Yeah. So, and he went to all the media outlets for as small of a town we are, we have as many media outlets as we do committees. <laughs> so with that, though... That's really not funny, but it no, is. No, right. <laughs> with that, though, we are the only ones. Sorry. Us and the Cincinnati Inquirer... Yes, did actually write a story on it. Two of them. Two of them. We, us and them, we're the only ones that covered it. So the other media in this town, I don't know what it is. It's because you wanted to protect the personalities of the people. I mean, we do it because of accountability. Yes. And that needs to be held accountable. That is a serious thing going on in our city. And these people are trusted with public dollars. Okay? (laughs) This is... I'm sure all these people are the nicest people on the planet. I'm sure Dr. Lorenz is great and Art Jarvis, and I have nothing to think about them being bad people in any ways whatsoever. I don't know anything about that. And I I know I hear people tell me all the time that good people are good people, but that's why I started with the question I did, Pam. You can still like somebody and think they're not good for office. The whole purpose of holding people accountable, and this is our problem in in the state of today's politics, and it's not just on a local level, it's on a national level as well, is that everything now seems to be personality-driven, and it's not driven by policy. And we need to get back to the fact that, yes, you can like me personally, but if policy-wise you don't like what I'm doing, then hold me accountable. And some would say they did. I lost my seat. Okay, I accept that. It's no big deal. That's the way it is. But make sure it's focused on policy, not on personality. Right. Now, what went on in the last few elections has been nothing but personality driven and nothing but not talking about a record. We need to start talking about people's records. We need to start talking about their policy decisions. We need to get past the fact that, oh, you know, she's my neighbor. She's nice enough. I'll vote for her. Well, how is she going to spend your money? Mm. Or him? How is he going to spend your money? The point, though, I I really want to focus on is that it seems like a lot of people get really, really entrenched in the fact that they're right. And you've said this, that they're right, that they're more interested in being right than they are in doing the right thing. We need to do the right thing. And we need to start holding people accountable, whether we like them personally, but if they're doing the wrong thing, 
if they're being wasteful with our money, if they're driving, if, if they're creating a community where it's putting into jeopardy my home values and putting into jeopardy the quality of an education, you can be the nicest person in the whole world, but I do not want you as a representative. No, you're not right for that job. No. And if, if we're going to have city council members and school board members just not say a thing, let their supporters scream online, do whatever, let the media outlets that don't cover these accountability issues just continue to not cover it, and we allow everything to just sit in the dark, then yes, all of this is going to suffer. We let our school board do all of this for years. We let them. I mean, this is very important, Pam. Dr. Krause as a superintendent and the school board have not been maintaining these buildings for years. Why not? We allowed them to do this. Yeah. I mean, the question is, is that if they haven't been doing the maintenance on buildings in years and years, the question then is, is it's not because they weren't given money to do it. Mm-hmm. They made a conscious decision not to do it. So they, they now sit back and say, we're sorry. Here's a smaller levy. Knowing darn well that there are all these other problems is why I, I will not trust you. The city council, well, we need this garage. Yet we have no revenue projections. Yet we have no idea of exactly the amount of land we're going to need. We have no traffic flow studies. We have nothing. I guess what I'm saying is, in the end, you know what accountability is, Pam? It's being able to sit down there and question your decision. It's being able to sit there instead of blindly, silently saying yes to everything, to spending that 10 to 15 minutes explaining yourself. We need vigorous conversation. We need dissenting opinions. We need those kind of things because from that is how you craft plans, Mm -hmm. how you come up with sensible solutions that work. Trying to shut down one side and calling people names, that serves no purpose other than having no debate. Or flat out pretending those people don't even exist. Exactly. I mean, that, that's really what it comes down to, the terms ghosting, is yeah. they all like the, the political power in this community, the Chamber Alliance and the Farmers Market and all these people that get everything they want. And these are all not only of these non-elected groups of people, Pam, these are people who most of them don't even live in Loveland, but they get whatever <laughs> they want from the elected officials, be they on the school board, who most of them don't live in Loveland. Yet all the schools are in Loveland, so all the decisions they make And all their buses travel on roads financed by Loveland taxpayers. So in the end, they have all of these things. This is is not a separate issue. These are all of these entities work together. Mayor Bailey in her re-election bid went on and on about how important it was that they're good friends with the school. I don't agree with that because accountability means you're questioning each other. Accountability means you're giving and taking. Accountability means coming up with compromises where you on the city council and mayor of the city want to do what's best for the city of Loveland, which includes me, which includes you, Pam. Yes. And on the school board, you want to do what's best for the school district, which also happens to include you and me. Yep. Which is why we do this show. Yes. And which is why I want you guys to hold us accountable. And you do. And I appreciate that. So that's, I mean, we're, we're closing out 2019. We're looking down 2020. We're looking at a $10 million garage we're going to build for private business. We're looking at a 6.95 levy. Mm-hmm. And I invite other people out there that are not named Pam Gross or Ryan Gulick to hold these people accountable. 
Please do, because once again, as I've said, and I can, this will probably be the last thing I need to say on this, their decisions have direct ramifications on our home values and in the edu- and the value of our education. It is that simple. You're talking about five people made decisions and are making decisions that have a tremendous effect on a direct effect on your home and the quality of the education that your child is going to have. Hold them accountable. And I know people are going to tell me, board chair Jarvis, Dr. Lorenz, they're not resigning. They obviously are not. They are sticking their heels in. Dr. Krause is probably going to be the superintendent. They're all sticking their heels in, and that's what I have to deal with. So, Ryan, grow up and just vote for it. Nope. I won't because I'm going to hold them accountable because they've lied. They have failed. And, guys, I expect better, as should everybody else. Agreed. (laughs) So, with that being said, the Voice of Loveland podcast for ionlovely.com is a production of Ion Community. This episode was... Written, researched, engineered, all that good stuff by Pam Gross and Ryan Kulik. And the music is by my father-in-law, Sherrod Sate. And, hey, it's been, overall, it's been a great year. I've enjoyed doing this. I look forward to 2020, Pam. And like I said, we'll get a little bit more holiday cheery. So if you guys need that that chaser of pure holiday joy, just look <laughs> forward. We're going we're gonna to have that with you, too. Anything left to say? No, everyone, thank you so much for listening, and thanks for a really great year. We have had a terrific year and have uh, tremendous growth, and uh, we have a lot of big things planned for 2020. Everyone out there, please be informed, be involved, and be influential. 